You're listening to Along the Narrow Way, a podcast that walks you through books of the Bible verse by verse to help you dig into God's Word so you can walk along the narrow way with Christ more faithfully. Hosted by Pastor Will Russell and co-hosted by Jimmy Miller. Join them as they help us understand the Bible so we can walk more faithfully as disciples of Jesus. So uh, we, let's pick up tonight with uh, verse 43. And uh, we will... Uh, I'm just gonna, I tell you what, I'm just going to read the rest of the chapter and then we'll just go back and pick it apart a little bit. How about okay. that? Beginning with verse 43, if you're following along, this is the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verse 43. Now, after the two days, that's the two days that Jesus was in Samaria. Now, after the two days, he departed from there and went to Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things he did in Jerusalem at the feast. For they also had gone to the feast. So Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made water wine, and there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. But Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. The nobleman said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. When he inquired of them the hour when he got better, and they said to him, Yesterday in the seventh hour, or about seventh hour, the fever left him, So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed, and his whole household. This again is the second sign Jesus did when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. All right. Well, what we see here, I'm having some technical difficulties on this end. I'm trusting that on the camera end it's still rolling. Jimmy's checking yep. it right there. No, Our camera's no. still rolling. It's just the computer here is not. We won't worry with it too much. Um, so Jesus has come out of Samaria, and he's heading back into Galilee. He's getting back on his home turf, or close to it, really. And um, he's going into Cana of Galilee. Now, we read about Cana already early on in the Gospel of John because he's attending a wedding yeah. with his disciples, and uh, they run out of wine, and you'll remember his mother, Mary's there, and Mary goes to him and says, hey, they're out of wine. He's like, well, what do you want me to do? And she's, and anyway, she just says to the servants, do whatever he says. And so Jesus gives them instructions. He performs his first big miracle and all that, or at least the first one that's recorded. I think it's the first one he did in his ministry. Um, so he's back in that same area. So let, let's just look at what's going on here. Um, the Bible says here that when he was coming to Galilee, that Jesus testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. That's right. Now, you get that exact statement in a couple of the other Gospels. Yes. Um, and Jesus is talking about how he just, the people who know him the best will not recognize him for his life. You know, and so, and so in a larger sense, and, and so you put this in context with chapter 4, 
And you see a contrast because, well, Jesus went into Samaria. Uh-huh. Those people hated by the Jews, those outcast type people. And you find a group of Samaritans openly, willingly receiving Christ as the Messiah, placing their faith in him. And yet in his own country, there's no present the gospel as the gospel is involving sin, the condemnation of sin, the grace of God and forgiveness through Jesus, just like it is. Right. Although the majority of people may not want to hear it. Right. We still have to, because there's, although the majority may turn their nose up at the truth of God's word, even, even the majority of the culture may scoff at the truth of God's word. There's still a minority out there who will come to faith. It's our job to get the truth to oh, them and continually present the truth. Amen. And so that's what Jesus is doing here. He's, he's going into this territory knowing, well, I'm not going to receive honor, but there are those here. There are those here who will believe. And so from that statement, we move into finding out about this uh, uh, fella who comes to him. Now, oh, I jumped ahead of myself, Jimmy. I did want to point out one other thing. Um, in verse 4, it says, so when he came to Galilee, the Galileans received him. Huh. Now, that threw me for a loop. I thought, now, wait a minute. He just said, I don't receive honor among my own. But it just says here they received him. Uh -huh. So I, mm, what in the world? So I went back and did some deeper study on that. Just uh -huh. that one little phrase, that one verse. And uh, in case someone's reading that and they're thinking, now, wait a minute. It says his people received him. This is what I've come to understand from various commentaries that I looked at and tried to piece together. They received him, but not as Messiah. They received him based on the miracles they had witnessed. They received him as a miracle worker, not the Messiah. That's right. And so they did not receive him for who he was. They received him for what they wanted. They're like looking at him like a, a medicine man, mystic mm -hmm. type person. Right. You know? That's right. That's right. And it even says here... Um, they received him having seen all the things he did in Jerusalem at the feast. Yeah. And so that's referring to the miracles he was doing. And so the reality is, yes, they received him, but not in faith, not in belief, not in acceptance of who he really was and who he still is today. You know, they kind of received him like, they received him like, Jesus, what are you going to do? We receive you. What are you going to do for us? Where's our signs and wonders? That, it, it, instead right. of us receiving Jesus and asking what we can do now that mm -hmm. we've received you. That's what miracles will you do for us? Yeah, what will you do for us? You know, I guess kind of a, a way we should be saying is like, can we perform any miracles? <laughs> or yeah. do you want to do any miracles through us or something yeah. like that? I guess that would be more of a would have been a more proper response. Yeah. Him, but and so yeah. so. That phrase there, they received him, isn't what I would, when I initially read it, thought, now wait a minute, no, that doesn't add up. Oh. It's because they weren't receiving him as the Messiah, you know. They were seeking signs. Uh, they were looking for entertainment. They were looking for a thrill. Yeah. They weren't looking to practice true belief. But the reality is, Jimmy, I think there are people that go to churches not because they genuinely want to seek Jesus. They want a thrill. They want entertainment. Yeah. They want a feeling. Yeah. You know, and I think there are churches who are willing to give them a thrill and entertainment. There, there is. Yeah. You know, um, but that's not that. But that's not what people are like. I thought church was supposed to feel good and stuff like that. You know, well, sometimes it does. You mm -hmm. know, but I mean, God's word is supposed to leave you convicted. Well, the yeah. the the presence of the Holy Spirit brings conviction, brings yeah. comfort. Yeah. The the presence of the Holy Spirit. Brings rebuke, brings correction, brings peace, brings joy. And there can be all of that. 
but it's not just a happy feel good all the time. Uh-huh. Just you know, um, yes, I I should leave. I should leave church encouraged. Oh, yeah. But it's because even under the conviction of the Holy Spirit, I've met with God, mm-hmm. and He's drawn me in closer with Him. And, and I had the joy of knowing God loves me enough to do this, and I'm encouraged, and so forth. And So, I don't know how we got on that with the <laughs> but Well, we did. <laughs> we got there. We got there. We can get there pretty easy. <laughs> well, so we had this man coming to Jesus. Um, the New King James here says a nobleman. He was uh, probably some type of royal official of some sort. Um, uh, he approaches Jesus because his son is sick, and he's sick to the point of death, we find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's not right there in Cana. He's in Capernaum, so he's south, uh, you know, I don't know, 15, 16 miles away or so. Um, but this man comes to Jesus because he heard Jesus is there. Yeah. His son is sick to the point of dying and he's coming to Jesus to ask for help. Um, but I want us to take a real close look at this fella and see some things about him. Um, I want you to notice that the scripture says that he implored Jesus. There, uh, That's verse 47, I believe. He went to him and he implored him to come down and heal him. So he's not just saying, hey, would you come heal my son? He's, he's imploring him to come to Capernaum and be right there. But that word implore, when you look up that word implore, when you look up that verse and you go back to the original language, you find that it is in the imperfect tense, which indicates that he was continually imploring. Yeah. He was um, repeatedly begging. Um, this wasn't just to walk up, hey, Jesus, could you do something for my son? He was just pleading continually, wouldn't let go. Yes, Jesus, please help, please help. Would Will you, you heal my son? Would you say it's a picture of persistent prayer? Kind of. Probably yeah. so. I mean, he wasn't. He. he I mean, he, I know he wasn't praying. This man wanted Jesus to heal his son, and he came to Jesus. Jimmy, now I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, and I'm not gonna say I'm 100 right. So I'm open to this. I'm open to different thoughts on this. I think this man came to Jesus. Hoping Jesus could heal his son. Mm-hmm. I think he was hoping to get a miracle because he knew Jesus was a miracle worker. I don't know that he, when he first came, I don't know that he came to Jesus saying, Jesus, you're the Messiah. Would you heal my son? I think he came knowing this guy can do miracles. I, ha- I hope he can. I'm going to beg him to do something as a miracle worker. So, Jimmy, now do I have proof of this? No, I don't have proof. But I don't think he's coming in belief in Jesus as the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Now, i tell you why I think of that, because it's going to show his belief growing. Here mm-hmm. in a minute, he's going to practice belief, mm-hmm. and then towards the end, it's going to say, and because of this, he believed. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so initially, I don't think he knew, or at least believed Jesus was the Messiah. I think he knew he was a miracle worker. And he's, he's grasping at anything he can grasp. His son's about to die. He's just grabbing anything he can grab. And he's grabbing the, the miracle worker card, so to speak. Um, Is this the centurion? Well, you know, I read on that. There are some differences in it. Okay. Um, I see a big difference in it. You know? Well, the centurion was commended for his faith. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> he's commended for his faith. That's the biggest difference there. Um, you also see that... Um, uh, the centurion, centurion, centurion 
was uh, making requests on behalf of a sick servant, mm-hmm. not a child. That's right. That's right. Um, I, that's, that, that's what I couldn't remember. I was like, sitting there trying to remember mm-hmm. if it was a servant or a son. Yeah. That's the difference. There. There's some variances there, but now that's a very common, very common belief yeah. that this that this event is actually a retelling of what happened with that centurion. I think they're two distinct. The main reason is because of the statement of faith. Yeah, because Jesus is like, go, your faith is made your son. Well, he is ever saying he kind of, kind of, let, you know, gets on to him a little bit. Yeah, you know, unless you see signs and wonder and all that mm-hmm. good stuff, and then he says, pretty much, go. Your son will live. Well, this kind of gives him a bold answer, mm-hmm. you know. Well, the guy said, "Okay, this this nobleman, uh, court official, whoever he is, he says, I need you to come to Capernaum. I think what he's saying is, I need you to come do one of your miracles you can do." Ah, yeah. yeah. And he also says, "Before my son dies, you got to do it. You got to do it before he dies." He so, didn't recognize the he, full power of God. There you go. And so I don't think he's recognizing yeah. Jesus as the Messiah. That's yet. right. You're right. You got it right there, Brother Will. And, I think you're all right there, Brother Will. And, <laughs> and, so, and so Jesus does make this statement you're referring to. Jesus says, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. <clears throat> and that, um, that word people there in that verse, by the way, is not in every version. But it should be. Because... The word in Greek for you is in the plural tense. Wow. He's not simply speaking to this man. He's speaking to everyone who can hear. Yeah, yeah. He's speaking to the people at large. It's, this man and everyone else listening. It's like the dude's asking him. He kind of stops and everybody's you know, kind yes. of looking. And he's yes. like, look, everybody. You, yes. You That's right. <laughs> That's right. And um, he's, he's rebuking them because... They've had a failure to recognize who he is. They look for the miracles. They look for the signs. But even with that, they don't. That's right. They don't accept it. Yeah. It kind of looks like Jesus is prostrating. I just want to kind of get some people might be like saying, "Well, Jesus is sinning right there. He's kind of getting a little agitated, isn't he?" And everything like that. But I don't think that's a sin to get agitated. No, it's not. I'm gonna pull this door to you. Know? It's the Bible says to to be angry and sin not. Exactly. In fact, it goes on to say that the that the uh, the wrath of man or the anger of man doesn't produce the righteousness of God, it, it, which basically means when I speak or act driven by anger, I will not do so righteously. That's right. I can be angry and through the Holy Spirit carefully choose my words and actions even while angry and not sin. <laughs> That's the amazing thing about Jesus. I can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> time I get angry, there's always going to be a sin. But Jesus, I mean, he, even in his, you know, when you think you would just lose it, you know, he just, you know, mm-hmm. you know this is how, let me tell you, stop for a second, you know. Here's mm-hmm. how it needs to be. Right. Right. <laughs> well, the people had a desire to see signs and wonders, but it was, it was kind of what we said before. It's more for entertainment yeah. and the thrill. It wasn't because they genuinely look to him as the Messiah. And he's bringing that point to task here. And, uh, and, and of course, but you see this man doesn't give up. Even with that statement, the man still, sir, come down before my child dies. Yeah, he didn't give up. I mean, this is a dad who, I mean, he's desperate. Hey. He's desperate. We don't know his backstory, but if he's, if he's a nobleman, if he's, if he's a royal type person, 
then he's had the money to call in the doctors. You know, I don't know. You know, I don't fault him for doing what he's done because at this day and time, you know, the full scripture's not been read. You see a lot of people doing things, mm -hmm. still, and there's people that can do some stuff. You know, mm -hmm. making Moses, those those sorcerers could change That's their tribes right. and states. And stuff. That's right. There's people that can do some stuff. You That's know? right. Well, he's doing what any parent would do. Yeah, and well, that, chasing after any hope he can find. At that time, I probably would have done the same thing. I'd be like, "Hey, well, I'm going to tell you, you run into people, especially in the ministry. You you run into people who they grasp after Jesus in in times of dire need. Their family members in the hospital. It's there's no hope. Nothing medically can be done. They're not, and they grasp out to Jesus." Pray for them, Pastor. But you, they have no faith in Jesus. Yeah. They're just grasping at Jesus. <laughs> you know, people still do this type same thing today. And they don't have an interest to truly come to faith in Jesus. Right. They just want to call out because they're in a desperate situation. And they're not calling out with repentance and faith. They're just wanting a miracle. They're wanting a miracle. That's what this guy wants. I sometimes want to ask people like, when they tell me to pray for them, like, whoa. Why do you want me to pray for you? Do you think that my prayer is more powerful than your prayer? Because if you do, that's, you know, I'm no good to you on that. You know, because mm -hmm. my prayer is no more powerful than your prayer if you believe in Jesus. You mm -hmm. know, we are just equal. You can come to Jesus and pray. I mean, I don't have no problem praying. I'm going to pray for you. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, but don't think it's my power that's mm -hmm. going to deliver you from anything. It's Christ. You know, that's and right. I think that's kind of what this guy was missing. Mm -hmm. It's not. Mm -hmm. Just because I, you know, I do miracles, it's because I love you. I'm the son of God. I'm willing to save your child mm -hmm. because I want you to know me better, right? To know my love better, mm -hmm. not to show a trick to you right. and you just forget about it and go on about it. You know? mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that, you know, yeah. Jesus does his miracles to develop a relationship, not just to develop a fan base. Mm -hmm. That's right. You know. That's right. Jesus isn't concerned about a fan base. No, not at all. <laughs> He's concerned about true followers, Is there a, real there relationships. Right? Well, and, and we're going to see this man start to take the move, start to take the steps, start to swing from just seeking a miracle to coming to true belief. We're going to start to see that start to happen here because Jesus is going to say in verse 50, Jesus said to him, go your way, your son lives. So the man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. Mm. Jesus proclaimed, okay, your son's healed. The man believed the word that the Lord spoke. Mm. He believed the word the Lord spoke. He responded to the words of Jesus with a degree of faith because he left to go. Yeah. You know, and, and so he acted in faith, responding to the word that the Lord had spoken which is the first step to coming to genuine faith for anybody. Mm -hmm. In Romans 10, 17, the scriptures say, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I have to know the truth of God before I can react to the truth of God. Amen. And so when I'm made aware of the gospel, when I'm made aware of the truth of the scriptures, when I know God's word or uh, hear God's word, I must respond. Yeah. I can respond in rejection or I can respond in faith. He's responding in faith to the words of the Lord. Yes. He's moving closer to where he needs to be. I don't think he's there yet. No. But he's moving there. He's responding to the word of the Lord, demonstrating yeah. some faith there. Um, 
then as he's, as he's heading on home, we find out that his servants have been sent out to meet him because the son's been healed. The yeah. son's well. Now the people back home don't know what has transpired. They just know the boy's well. <laughs> and so they've sent servants to go find the master. Yeah. And they meet him along the way and they say, hey, your son lives. And he begins to inquire. He begins to ask. Now, wait a minute. Tell me about it. Well, you know, he, he the fever went away. He just got better. He, he got up out of bed. He's good. He's fine. And so he said, when, I, when did this happen? And the servants began to tell him, well, now, on this day at this time, he was just better. And the man began to piece it together and think back. Now, wait a minute. At that hour, I was standing before Jesus, and he said, your son lives. Yeah. And the Bible says, from that same, he knew it from the same hour which Jesus said to him, your son lives. And then here's what happened. This is verse 53. And he himself believed. Mm -hmm. He himself believed. And his whole household. Yeah, all his household. Wow. And so now we see he's responded to God's word. Yeah. And now he's come to the point where he's pieced it together and said, I do believe Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Christ. So here's what I think happens, Jimmy. I think a person has to come to understand the reality of what God has said. Yeah. We are all condemned in sin. That's right. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Yes. You have to choose to respond to the word of the Lord. And that response is belief in Jesus as the Messiah. Amen. And that's not to believe he's real. That's not just to believe he exists. That is to have genuine faith in him. That's right. That's what we see this man do, I believe. I, I say it's even to have genuine faith in him when he, even if he doesn't perform the miracle for you. Oh, absolutely. Well, absolutely. Because there's a miracle even in that. Well, there's a miracle in the reality that we can be forgiven of sin yeah. and be given eternal life. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's, a, that's the miracle. That work is a work only God can do. That means it's a miracle. Yeah. Something that only God can do that happens is miraculous. That's, that's a miracle. And, and that's what happens to every single person who will come to faith in Jesus. Their first interaction with God is a miracle. Yeah. He does a miraculous work in their heart. Yeah. You know? Um, before you even do anything for me. See, people are like, oh, I'll do this and God's going to bless me. God's already blessed you a thousand times over with Jesus. That's right. Uh, that's that, right. That, that, you know, you're never going to get blessed until you get Jesus. That's right. I mean, that's the whole blessing. I mean, you got blessings poured on your, we got, I mean, I couldn't even imagine all the blessings that God's got in store for me. I can't fathom them. Mm -hmm. But right. I know he's got them. That's right. Sure. And, and that, that's you right. know, that's right. That's just where I'm at. You mm -hmm. know, and, and you know, when I first came to, you know, know who Jesus was, yeah, it was all about just wanting to go to heaven. Sure. Yeah, I want to go to heaven and have eternal life. Don't have to work. Don't have to do nothing. Mm -hmm. Sure. That's great. Wonderful. That's a very childish way of looking at it. Yeah, and that'll get you started, but you don't need to stop right there. Well, no, no. You and, know? you know, we, we, we come to faith in Jesus, childlike faith, yeah. trusting him, and we're, we're, Born again, that's the words of Jesus yeah. in John chapter 3. We're born again. We're made new creations. That's 2 Corinthians 5. But spiritually speaking, we're like babies. Yeah. We, we're small children. We're infants spiritually, and we grow spiritually. Yeah. And as we grow spiritually, we begin to see things differently. We begin to encompass greater truths. Yeah, it may start out as 
I need forgiveness and I want salvation. But as you grow spiritually, you begin to, your faith encompasses so much more. Yeah. You know, um, I want to see others blessed. Mm-hmm. I want to see them have receive their eternal life. Mm-hmm. That that right there is a blessing. I mean, I don't have to see. I don't. I don't want to be blessed with millions of dollars. Now, if God won't give me another dollar, I'll take it. But he, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, that's not my strive no more. I, I want to see people. My the rich richness of the Christian life for me is just to see people saved. Mm-hmm. Just to see, you know, especially families and children and stuff like that. That's the best in the world. Just mm-hmm. to see that, you know, because mm-hmm. that's that's the foundation of faith is the is you know God and the family. And that's the, right. That's the whole thing, you know. And just mm-hmm. just to see that that's that's what it's all about. Sure. You know, eternal life is a bonus, really. I mean, but to see just see God working in your life, in and through others around you. And, in your church and in your pastor and just seeing all that stuff mm-hmm. happen is that's rich, seriously yeah. rich, you know. And I'm not saying I, I'm super Christian or super, you know, spirit. I'm just saying, you know, God's blessed you spiritually. Yeah. Receive it. Sure. You know, oh, sure. I just receive it. That's all. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Well, this man came to a genuine saving faith in Jesus. And it says, and his whole house. There it is. Now, the Bible here doesn't give more details, but we, based off what we know, have a pretty good idea what happened. This fella came to faith in Jesus himself, yeah. and he told his wife, he told his kids, he told his servants, he told the others around him. Oh, and what did he, did he have the whole New Testament? No, he didn't have any New Testament. What he had was this, I went because I had no hope. I called out to a guy I thought might help me. But when I really encountered him, and understood who he was. Not only did he, not only did he do the miracle in my son's life. Not only was there physical healing, there was spiritual healing. He he is the savior. I met the savior. This is how I met him. I want you to know about him. I need you to trust in him and believe in him too. And this is and and he just shared a story. We call that a testimony. That's evangelism, right? There, yeah. Right? And don't tell me you gotta, you know, you gotta be a Christian in a long time. You gotta have theological training. No, this no. guy met Jesus and had one conversation with him. And that's pretty much what me and Corey and Brother Nathan do on, 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 on Mondays when we go knocking on doors. You know, we just we invite them to church. If we have, if they want to sit there and have a conversation, we'll get into it like this. Now, do I, do I sit here and just thumb through the whole Bible and just do a bunch of theology? No, I just tell them my story. Right. Just like this. This is where I was. This is why Jesus this done. This is what he does. Mm-hmm. They either take it or they don't. You yeah. know, and that's just that you know sure. people are like, well, is that it? Yeah, that's it. That's all you gotta do. Everyone's like it so hard. Mm-hmm. But that's all you gotta do. That's right. That's to, right. To fulfill the Great Commission. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all that's, it. that's all Jesus asked you to do. Mm-hmm. And so what we have seen now in John chapter three, Jesus speaking to a Pharisee sharing the gospel. He did come to faith later on, but not at that point. That's that's Nicodemus. Chapter four, he shares the faith with a Samaritan woman who's, well, she's an outcast among outcasts. Mm-hmm. She comes to a saving faith yeah, right man. then. We move to the next part. Jesus encounters this man. There's not a direct, let me share all the gospel verses, Roman roads encounter. No. 
but it's an encounter with Jesus. The man comes to faith, and then he shares his faith with others, and they come to faith. That's right. I mean, you're seeing here, none of these people had a Bible like we have. <laughs> they didn't have things to use. They didn't have gimmicks or, or uh, whatever. No cars, no cell phones, no internet. Yeah, I mean, and they still do. <laughs> that's right, you know. No Google. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um, anyway, it's just, it's an interesting, just an interesting little story here that we get that happened in, in the life of Jesus early on in his ministry. Um, now, I do want to point one other thing before we get ready to close out. It does say this again is the second sign Jesus did, but you're, you're uh, might be thinking you're some of you are following along with this. You say, now wait a minute, whoa, 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 the second sign we just we just got through saying that when he was in Jerusalem, they saw all the many signs and wonders and miracles. Well, John points out it throughout his gospel. He points <laughs> out eight particular miracles. He said he calls like the first sign that reveals his messiahship was turning water into wine. Mm. He's calling this the second sign that points to his Messiahship. Yeah. And so when we're going through the Gospel of John, that's what he's referring to. So this doesn't mean this was only the second miracle. Yeah. So I didn't want anyone to leave confused on that tonight. Um, we know he was doing other miracles. In fact, we know there are many miracles that weren't <laughs> recorded. We don't know about, you know. Um, but that's okay. Um, put it all in context. Keep it all together. Don't let, don't let something throw you for a loop. And if it does, study it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you know, just study it up a little bit. Yeah, because there's, there's, I mean, if you really want to get technical, Jesus' first miracle that we can say is Genesis chapter one. That's, no, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but I mean, but you know, so that's that just emphasizes how John's laying out. This is what he did when he started his earthly yeah. ministry. Here's this mm -hmm. that point. Like you said, points to the Messiah. Uh, points to the foreknowledge of God. He said, "Your son will live." Well, how could he know that if he didn't already know it that's was right. going to happen? You know? That's but, right. That's it exactly. So it reveals his deity there. It yeah. reveals that he he is the Christ. Because it's like you said, Jimmy. All throughout history, there have been there have been people empowered through the power of Satan who've been able to perform signs and wonders. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, Jesus was different because he is God, the true God, and what he was doing was divine. You know, I mean, you you got a trunk of magic tricks over there. I do you, have a trunk of magic tricks. You, you can trick a bunch of people, make, make all kinds. That's of stuff right. That's with. right. That's <laughs> exactly right. So. I'm not empowered by Satan, though, so don't No, he's not. he's not. I probably shouldn't have thrown it out there. On no, it don't bother me a bit. It don't bother me a bit. Yeah, he does some cool ones. The, the reality good. is, though, Jimmy, um, you think about, like, the witch at Endor, the medium yeah. Saul went to. You have examples throughout the scriptures. You mentioned Pharaoh's uh, sorcerers yeah. and what they did. You see, I mean... That's real stuff. I yeah. mean, those people are praying to real spirits. That yeah. They will empower you, but they... I mean, they their power is limited. Yeah, and it costs you your soul. And it costs you your soul, and it's not yep. eternal. It has no eternal well-being. Mm -hmm. Well, we see here, once again, Jesus confirmed as the Messiah here in the book of John. Where we come to the end of the fourth chapter, and time and again, John has just been pounding the deity of Christ. We've seen it again in this chapter. We'll jump into chapter five uh, oh, next no. week. Listen, all y'all, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for following along with us. Y'all look at John chapter 5. Be ready for that. Next week, we'll hit it and uh, see what we come to. Thank y'all very much.
You have been listening to Along the Narrow Way, hosted by Pastor Will Russell and co-hosted by Jimmy Miller. If you haven't done so, subscribe to the podcast so you can get updates on new episodes. Thank you for listening, and remember to stay faithful to walk along the narrow way with Jesus.